according to Theravada tradition, before we give a Dhamma talk, we will recite Namo Dasa three times to pay respect to the Buddha. So let us recite Namo Dasa three times first. Namo Dasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namo Dasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Namo Dasa Bhagavato Arahato Samma Sambuddhasa Today, I would like to explain to you in detail how to practice Anapanasati and all the hindrances you encounter during the practice. Anapanasati, uh, what's the meaning? Anna means breathing in, Panna means breathing out. Or Anna in breath, Panna out breath. Sati is mindfulness. I have already explained to you what is the meaning of mindfulness yesterday. So mindfulness means pure awareness on in-breath and out-breath without any judgment, without adding in your view, your opinion, without liking or dislike, disliking. So just know in-breath and out-breath. This is called mindfulness of the breath. There are four stages to practice uh, Anapanasati. There are four stages up to attainment of jhana, absorption. The first one, first stage is just mindful of in-breath and out-breath. As you breathe in, you know in-breath, out-breath, keeping your attention under the nostril. So you may aware the air touches somewhere. The air, have you? Do you try this morning? So you may feel the air maybe touches here or touches here. Or you can't even feel any touching point. You just know the in-breath and out-breath. This is also fine. If you can feel the touching point, you keep your attention at the touching point. If you cannot feel the touching point, you just aware in-breath and out-breath, keeping your attention under the nostril here, somewhere around the nostril. So this is the first step. Mentally, you can note in-breath, out-breath, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out. Um, while you pay attention to the breath, you should not pay attention to the cold or heat of the air. Don't pay attention to the cold or heat of the air. Cold or heat is what element? Temperature. Temperature of fire element. So if you pay attention to the heat and cold of the air, you are practicing element meditation. You are not practicing anapanasati. 
Okay, so please bear in mind this point. Just in breath, out breath. And anapanasati, what we practice today is samatha meditation, serenity meditation, or concentration meditation. For concentration meditation, you need only one object. That's breath. Accept breath. Whatever thoughts arise in you, you should not pay attention to it. Not like vipassana. Vipassana, you pay attention to whatever arising phenomena. Just aware, wondering, you aware, wondering, pain, you aware, pain, you know, hot, you aware, hot. This is vipassana or mindfulness meditation. But today we are practicing concentration meditation. So for concentration meditation, accept your breath. You should not pay attention to other things. If you let your mind, if you let your mind go to the heat and cold of the body, or pain, or on the body, or any wandering thought, then your concentration already deviated from the breath. Then how are you going to develop one pointedness of the mind? You can't. You cannot. So you must understand the way of practice of concentration is very very different from vipassana or mindfulness meditation. So when you want to, so when you, so when you aware of in breath and out breath, you know, some sensation may arise in the body, then you ignore it. Don't shift your attention to it. Just ignore it. What you what you had to do is remain fixing your attention under the nostril and aware of the in-breath and out-breath. Ignore whatever sensation arises in the body. Ignore the wandering thought. Ignore everything except your breath. Just single object, your breath. This called concentration practice. So just want to let you understand the way of vipassana and the way of concentration. So for some people, you know, although in breath and out breath is so easy, you know, to aware of, but the mind never listen to us. You know, we want to concentrate, but the mind keep on running away from the breath. This is the nature of the mind. Before that, you may even know, you know, the mind is so wild, going here and there. But now, when you want to tame your mind, then you start to aware. The nature of the mind is so wild. You never listen to us. It goes as it it will. That's why we come here to tame the mind. If we let the mind go the way it wants to go, nothing can be accomplished. So we got to tame our mind. If the mind still restless, we use counting method, counting the breath, breathing in one, breathing, breathing in, breathing out one, breathing in, breathing out two, count up to eight. Then come back to one again, breathing in, breathing out one, breathing in, breathing out two, 
up to it again. When you, when you count it again and again, because the mind is a bit busy counting, so the mind has no chance to go out. Out, no, no chance to go out from the breath. So your mind can settle down. So after half an hour, you know, you feel that your mind starts to settle down, then you can stop counting. But after half an hour, you still feel that you know, the mind is still restless. Then you keep on counting for the whole day. Uh, for the whole day, whole night, until tomorrow, also no problem. But the moment you find that your mind is settled down on the breath, even though without counting, then don't count anymore. You've already achieved the purpose. Then what for you count again? So give up the counting if your mind is settled down on the breath. Then you go to the second stage. Uh, the second stage of Anapanasati is you must aware when you breathe in, sometimes you feel the in-breath is long. Sometimes when you breathe out, you feel that the out-breath is long. Not all the time same. You know? Sometimes in-breath is very short. Sometimes out-breath is also very short. Sometimes it is long, sometimes it is short. So you must be able to aware whether it is long in-breath or long out-breath, or short in-breath or short out-breath. This is the second stage that you must do. If you just in-breath, out-breath, breathing in, breathing out, breathing in, breathing out, your concentration will not go very deep. Your mindfulness is not sharp because you don't even know it's long breath. You don't even know it's short breath. So in order to strengthen your mindfulness, you must be able to know whether it's long breath or short breath or long out breath or short out breath. So this is the second stage. The third stage is a bit difficult, huh? the third stage. You must aware the whole breath body. What does it mean? When you breathe in, huh, this, this is a starting point huh, from inside. Huh? This is a starting point. Breathing in, there's a starting point, middle and end of the breath. Do you notice that? Huh? Huh? The beginning, middle and the end of the in-breath. And when you breathe out, there's a beginning, middle, and the end of the out-breath. So if you can aware the whole breath from the beginning, middle, and the end of in-breath, and the beginning, middle, of the end of out-breath, it means that your mindfulness is very sharp because you are able to follow every detail. Then, if you can follow every details, when your mindfulness becomes strong, your concentration develops. But you must not confuse that uh, beginning, middle of the end of the in-breath, because sometimes the end end at the top of the head, huh? the air go up and on the top of the head. Then you must follow up to the head. It doesn't mean like that. Huh? You remain keeping the attention under the nostril. You never leave this area. 
uh, under the nostril. Although you aware the in breath go up to the head, but your attention does not follow up to the head. Is it confusing? No, uh, you can put it into practice. Uh. As long as you do not lift your attention under the nostril, you are right. You are in the right track. As long as you follow the breath up to the head, you are out of the track. So you must check your own practice. I just show the correct method. Then you follow accordingly. Then you are in a safe place. Our breath also, uh, beginning, middle of the end. The end may go to the abdomen. The air may, you know, breathing out very long. The air may reach the abdomen. But your attention is under the nostril. Never live under the nostril. Okay. So this is the third stage. Third stage is a bit difficult. Only those who have strong mindfulness uh, can follow well. If you feel that it's difficult to follow the whole breath, then you don't have to carry the whole breath. You just know it's long, it's short. That's enough. Okay. So, during the practice, some may encounter certain obstacles. Now, the obstacles or hindrances may arise, hinder your path. Number one is pain, <laughs> the best friend. <laughs> the best friend in the practice is the pain. Yeah? If we know how to deal with the pain, yeah? pain is type of suffering. Yeah? But suffering is a great teacher for us if we know how to learn from it. Okay. So when the mind starts now to settle down on the breath after twenty minutes or thirty minutes, then pain arises on the knee on the buttock, on the shoulder, you know, somewhere uh, on the body. So the moment uh, for the untrained mind, uncultivated mind, when the pain arises, uh, the mind immediately want to push it away. The mind doesn't like the pain. Because this nature for everyone, everybody loves happiness. Uh, avoid suffering and pain is the type of suffering so the mind just want to push it away doesn't like the pain why? because the pain hurts it hurts us so anything that hurts is not is not liked by anyone uh, anything hurts is unwelcome by anyone so through this understanding, yeah, we don't have to be hurt by the pain. So through this understanding, we should develop self-restraint not to hurt other people. By this understanding, yeah, because we don't like pain, because it hurts. So anything hurts is, un, you know, is how to say, disliked by anyone. So we understand, we don't like to be hurt. So, so every being in this world don't like to be hurt. So by this understanding, we should practice self-restraint, not to hurt other people, physically, verbally, and mentally. This one lesson we can learn from the pain. Okay, the second, 
Now, if you ask among all the practitioners, do they have pain or not? Everybody say, of course. So we are in the same boat. Even me, I have also, I also have pain. So we are in the same boat, you know. As long as you have this body, we have the pain. So don't develop aversion toward the pain. Don't beat yourself up uh, when there is so much pain on the body, in the body. Instead, we should develop compassion for ourselves and for others. Uh, to this pain. Uh, because everybody is experiencing the same pain. Uh, so through this common understanding, we should develop compassion to ourselves as well as to others. This is the second thing we can learn from the pain. Okay. The third one, the body reveals to you the truth of suffering. The truth of suffering, you know, the essence of Buddha's teaching is four noble truths. Huh? Number one is the truth of suffering. In order to liberate oneself huh, from the suffering, we must understand tolerate what is the suffering. So the body starts to reveal to us to us, the truth of suffering. The body is unsatisfactory. You sit now half an hour, the pain arises somewhere. First you can bear. But until you can't bear, then you shift, you change posture. But another 10 minutes, another pain arises somewhere again. You know? The pain seems endless. You, know? you change posture, no matter how you change, the pain, the pain never disappears. So the pain seems endless. And your mind sometimes becomes very agitated. Because of the pain, you cannot concentrate well on the breath. So your mind becomes very agitated. The pain is unsatisfactory. Now, plus your irritation of the mind, the pain becomes even more unbearable. So both body and mind are so it's so burdensome burdensome for us no. in our daily life you know, we, we don't feel so much pain in the body why? compared with sitting meditation we feel so much pain but in our daily life we didn't feel so much pain we're just always moving yes because I said just because we're always moving. Because the, the pain is concealed by your constantly changing posture. In our, in our daily life, the moment you feel unpleasant, you move very quick. Not like sitting meditation, you sit still, you cannot move. No. So once you sit still in more bad, then the pain reveals itself very clearly. But in our life, we, we move constantly, so the pain is concealed by changing posture. But now it's different. We have to train ourselves to sit still without moving 
our body. So the pain reveals itself very quick and very clearly. So this shows us that the true nature of the body is unsatisfactory. No matter how much you change, the pains remain there. But arise at different part, maybe on the knee, on the shoulder, on the back, and so on. So, if we know to understand uh, the unsatisfactory, to understand the suffering or unsatisfactory nature of the body, is the first step to progress. Because before that, we think body gives us so much happiness. We love our body so much. But now, you know, when you, the more you experience in the meditation, the more you understand the body only gives suffering. Different from what we think of body. So this is the first step to progress. Only you know the body brings suffering, then you will start to detach from it. If your body keep on provide, uh, provide you happiness, all the time the body gives you happiness, then your craving, your clinging to the body will increase. But if you see, if you can see body only gives suffering, then you start to develop detachment to the body. This is a big progress in your meditation. Okay. Then, let's say the pain is there. Then who knows the pain? Can you answer me? Who knows the pain? So you sit there, the pain arises on the knee. Who knows the pain? I don't think so. someone knows the pain so much as it's a habit of how we respond to it. Mm. So that's what responds, not that it's someone that responds or something that knows. Okay. Any answer, any, any other answer? The mind? Yes, very good. The mind knows the pain. Huh? If only body know mind, can you feel the pain or not? Cannot. You cannot feel the pain. So, from this understanding, yeah, you come to realization. Not only body gives suffering, the mind also gives suffering. If without mind, yeah, without mind, you cut your body into pieces, also no feeling, no pain at all. <laughs> no? So, with this mind, and the mind cannot stop you can't stop the mind, don't feel the pain. Cannot. The mind from the moment you wake up until you fall asleep, the mind is working all the time. You can't avoid it. You can't avoid it. You can change your posture, but you can't stop the mind. So you sh- then you come to realization, having the mind to know the pain is another type of suffering. So both body and mind are not our refuge, are not our protection, are not something we can rely on. This is very good realization. This is something you can learn from the pain. So don't just simply endure the pain without learning anything. 
We must learn from the pain. Pain is our great teacher. My nunhood, 20 years nunhood, full of suffering. But I learned a great deal from my suffering. So it's worth it. So the pain, if you know how to learn from it, is worth, worth it. Okay. Okay, this is the third point you can learn from the pain. Number fourth. It seems the pain is, you know, what happened in this body? You know, the pain comes here after 20 minutes, then another pain arises on somewhere. It seems that this body does not yield to your wish, your wishes. It does not listen to you. I don't want pain, go away. No, it never listen to you. So this shows what? This shows non-cell nature of the pain. The pain, the body never listen to us. It, according, it arise according to its will. So this is called impersonal nature of the body. Before that, we think we always can control our body. But in the meditation, you feel that you can't control your body. The pain seems endless one after another. So from there, you understand body is beyond my control. Body has its impersonal nature. This is also another understanding. So since we cannot, you know, we cannot control this body, then what should what attitude we should have toward this body? Since we cannot control it, what attitude we should have? Should we? Hmm? Impartial, yes, right. Impartiality, equanimity. Since we cannot control it, so we better develop equanimity toward this body. Uh, equanimity is very high quality of the mind, uh, highest quality of the mind. Uh, even we, you know, if we can develop this equanimity uh, toward this body, then whatever suffering arises. Uh, in our life toward this body we can maintain that equanimity the mind becomes unshakable so it's a very thing very good thing to learn from the pain you know since I cannot you know the pain is always there what can I do the best way is to develop equanimity and if you can uh, develop this equanimity of the mind then you can Face your sickness and death with courage. That's very important in life because we all have to die one day. You know, everybody fear of death, especially American Westerners. They don't like to talk about death. <laughs> we Asian we talk very often. You know, <laughs> because we know one day it come to us. You know. But when I came to America, I feel that many Americans don't like to talk about death. Whether you like to talk about death or not, one day you have to face the death. No one can escape from it. So why not we develop the equanimity first before death actually comes? 
because we cannot control the death so also because we cannot control the pain then we also cannot control the sickness we also cannot control the death why not we cultivate equanimity towards something we cannot control so this also another thing you can learn from the pain so from today onward don't hate the pain instead learn something from it okay okay so if you can overcome the pain then one obstacle has gone the second obstacle arises there is slow and topper <laughs> slow and topper usually slow and topper arise after food after meal so after meal why we have two hour personal time for you quickly to take a nap <laughs> take a 20 minutes nap 30 minutes then the two o'clock sitting you will not feel sleepy so up, usually after lunch we have personal time for you to rest your body quickly recover from the food the fullness of the stomach then uh, another reason why slow and torpor arises because we do not understand the importance of the practice we have no interest for example mindfulness of breathing huh? it's so boring so simple on breathing in breathing out in breath out but there's no enjoyment at all in the beginning no enjoyment you feel so boring you know so you lose interest when you lose interest then the mind become dull no more interest in it the mind become dull then you fall fall to slow and topple so you must try to understand the benefit of the Anapanasati or the Buddha to be uh, the Buddha before they become before he become Buddha he practiced Anapanasati so this is a great task great task uh, to be undertaken with great effort not inferior effort inferior effort only can take inferior task but for this superior task of anapanasati uh, which has been practiced by all the great person in the world so it cannot be achieved by inferior effort so you must remind yourself the benefit of anapanasati because it helps us to develop very deep concentration. And what is the use of the concentration? What is the benefit of concentration? Uh, the Buddha said, those who have concentration see things as they really are. We, we see the world with our own view. Uh, we see this world, we perceive the world, we perceive oneself and the world with our perverted perception. We do not see according to reality. We do not see according to the truth. That's why we end up in a lot of confusion, suffering. But the holy person, like the Buddha or the enlightened one, 
they perceive the world according to reality. Why they can perceive the world according to reality, to the truth, according to the truth? Why? Because they have developed very strong concentration in order to let them see things according to the truth, not not according with our perverted perception. So this is the benefit to develop concentration in order to see things according to the truth, not according to our own view, opinion, or preference. Do you want to see things according to is according to the truth? Yes or no? Yes. That's why we are here. Huh? <laughs> uh, and if you want to see things according to the truth, not according to our own view or opinion, then we have to develop concentration first. Just like the like uh, this concentration is like similar to the microscope. No, you want to see some things. Uh, let's let's say you want to know the component of the water. Using this naked eye, we cannot see clearly. We see water as water, but we don't know the composition of the water, what make up of the water. So to see clearly according to the truth, we must use microscope. Only then we know what actually exists inside the water. So this uh, concentration is similar with this microscope. With concentrated mind, you see things which you have never seen before. Then you will be shocked by the truth. When you are shocked by the truth, then everything what you perceive now completely different from what you previously perceived. Then if you live according with the truth, not according with the with your view, then you live in comfort, in peace, in happiness. This is what we want to achieve. So by understanding the benefits of concentration practice, you should be able to arouse your energetic effort, your great effort, not inferior effort. This way you can overcome your slow and topper. And if you feel sitting costs slow and topper, then you walk up, you stand up and walk. Walking also can produce concentration. And another way is to to overcome the concent, uh, uh, slow and topper, you pull your ear. Pull, pull your ear. Because according to Chinese, you know, the medical, uh, traditional medical, the ear here has a lot of sensitive point. Uh, when you pull your ear, it activates your brain. So you pull your ear, pull, 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 until it becomes fresh. Buddha also teach the disciple pulling the ears. <laughs> so you pull your ear until it becomes fresh, then you concentrate on the breath again. So this is the way, a certain way to overcome the slow and topper. Okay, the next hindrances is Restlessness. Uh, 
pain is number one. Second, slow and double. Number three is restlessness. These three are the major hindrances. Other are minor one. Now, these three are major hindrances. Restlessness. Before we come to meditation, we never understand our mind. We think mind listen to us. But when we come to meditation, we start to realize mind never listen to us. Mind only want to enjoy a sensual pressure that the mind used to enjoy. We want to pay attention to the breath. We want to concentrate our mind on the breath. But very soon, the mind goes somewhere else. Then we try very hard to pull the mind back on the breath. Then within a few seconds, another mind goes somewhere else. Maybe recollecting the past, planning, worry, uh, worry the unpaid bill, worry this, worry that, you know, anxious, or planning for future, and so on, all types of things come up, pop up in the mind. It becomes so clear. You know, in our daily life, we never know we have so much restlessness. Only when you come to meditation, you start to realize. In fact, this is the progress. Because you start to understand more the nature of the mind. Uh, through the concentration you develop, you start to understand more the nature of the mind. So the mind's nature is wonder here and there. Like a monkey, you know, uh, jumping from one branch to another branch. This is the nature of the mind. And since long, our mind, you know, our mind has been indulging in five sense pleasure. Visible object, sound, smell, taste and touch and all the fantasy, all the thoughts. So since long, our mind has been indulging in all these essential pressures. So now, we come to meditation. Uh, we want to focus our mind on only single object, that's breath. So the mind not used to it. Because this is not the way the mind lives. The mind used to you know, go to the visible object, you know, sound, taste, body, thoughts. Enjoy all the sensual objects. So we are not used to keep the mind all the time on a single object, which, which has no enjoyment in the beginning. So the mind is struggling very hard. You know, want to go back to the sensual pressure, pressure which he used to. Just like you catch a fish. You, know? you, you, you take a fish out of the pond and put on a dry land. Then the fish was struggling, jumping here and there, want to go back to the water. Because he used to stay in the water. Dry land is not for him. So also, our mind used to stay with sensual pressures for so many lifetimes. But now, we want to train our mind with a single pure object breath. The mind just can't take it. So the mind becomes so restless. And going here and there. So in order to tame our mind, we need a tool, just a tool, mindfulness. 
just like we want to tame the calf, the young cow, huh? young cow, calf. We tie, we tie it to a uh, using a rope, tie the young cow to a post. In the beginning, this young cow is so restless. He want to be free, so he running here and there, running here and there, want to be free huh? from the uh, from the rope. But because the rope is firmly tied into the post, so the young cow cannot be free. So after struggling for some time, it become tired. Become tired, then gradually, uh, the cow settle down near the post. So also, if we want to tame our mind, we have to tighten our mind using the rope of mindfulness on the breath. Breath is the post. The rope, now the rope tight. The cow is the mindfulness. So, in order to tame our mind, we must use the rope of mindfulness and anchor the mind on the breath. Then, gradually, the restless mind will become settled. The settle down. Then the mind can be quiet on the breath. And only then we are making further progress. So these are the three main obstacles. Another minor obstacle is aversion. When I come to USA, I was surprised to hear that many Americans told me that they have very strong self-hatred. Am I right? Do you have self-hatred? <laughs> yeah? Why do you have self-hatred? Why? Why you hate yourself? <laughs> so this, so your culture is very really different from my culture. <laughs> so when I, I think we see TV, you know, and it shows the way maybe we should be or the way things should be, and it, if it's not like that, then we think we can change it, and we are responsible for it being that way. Oh, it's upset. <laughs> but I hope this self hatred will not hinder your path. <laughs> it's an illusion, you know. When the self hatred arises in you, just think it as an illusion, not illusion, illusion. Let it go. No. So the the aversion, you know, usually aversion arises uh, when we cannot achieve what we want, you know? or and because of the pain, you know, the aversion arises. But I have told you how to learn from the pain already. You know? Then we sometimes we have aversion towards our you know uh, spiritual practitioner when they make noise which we do not like. Uh, that's why I teach this morning loving kindness meditation. Uh, loving kindness meditation to yourself first. Learn to love yourself first. If you you if you don't love yourself, how can you love others? I just cannot imagine. You no, know? so must learn uh, to have compassion for oneself. To love oneself first, then we love our spiritual practitioner here. Only then our mind can become calm and settled. 
Well, I think this is a minor hindrance. The three main hindrances are the pain, restless, the restlessness, and the slow and torpor. If you can overcome these three other, uh, I think, a small hindrances. Another one, I think, is the doubt. Doubt is also a big hindrances for Westerners. For Asian people, we don't have that much doubt because we have very strong confidence in the teaching of the Buddha. Conviction, we don't say faith. Huh? We have strong conviction and strong confidence in the teaching of the Buddha. So we don't doubt that much. But because American, you know, uh, we brought up in different culture, so uh, you don't understand well the teaching of the Buddha. So sometimes the doubt can be a big hindrance for you. So whenever the doubt arises, please approach the teacher. Uh, approach the teacher, the teacher can help you to solve this problem. So doubt at this moment shouldn't be any problem for you because you are with teacher. Okay. Okay. So once you overcome all these hindrances, the mind starts to settle down on the breath. Start to settle down on the breath and you can meditate very well. Follow the breath from the beginning up to the end. Then the mind becomes so quiet. Then, due to the deep concentration, the light may appear. Light. Huh? Light may appear. You may see the light. The spotlight. You know, different type of light may appear. First, when the light appears, you may get shocked. Because you get shocked, the light also shocks, so the light runs away. <laughs> you make the light run away because you are shocked. He also shocked. <laughs> so, when the light appears, now I let you know first. Huh? In the course of the practice, you will see the light if your concentration is good. So, don't get frightened, don't get shocked. If you get shocked, my student, I told him many times already, but any, any, every time the light appears, he gets shocked and the, time, and the light runs away, uh, runs away. So in the beginning, the light will appear only for a few seconds, just to say hello to you, <laughs> huh? to give you confidence, saying that you are making very good progress. Huh? Without concentration, the light won't appear. So when the light appears, you develop a lot of confidence. Oh, I'm making very good progress. Okay. Anyway, the light won't last for for very beginning. Maybe few seconds. Now to give you confidence first, then it disappear. Then you become inspired, and you practice even more diligently. Then the light comes again, give you more encouragement, and it give. Then this time it lasts longer. Maybe ten minutes or five minutes. Then it disappears again because your concentration is not deep enough to sustain the light. So it disappears. Okay? Your mind keep on, keep on. As long as your concentration, as long as your attention does not leave the breath, then your concentration is sure to go deeper and deeper and the light will reappear. So, if it reappears last for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, in the beginning, the light will appear far from you, very far, you know? 
uh, right side, left side, above. But gradually, it will come nearer, closer to you. Closer and closer. And the light can appear in different color. For beginners, the color is the first color is called gray color. For most people, gray color. Appear here, gray. But it won't last. Five minutes, ten minutes, it disappear. So this gray color we call nimitta. The sign of concentration, nimitta. Parikama nimitta. Preliminary nimitta. Nimitta means sign of concentration. So if you keep on, you know, keep on, you don't, don't see the light. Don't be attracted by the light. If you move, if you shift your attention from the breath to the light, the light will disappear even faster. So don't shift your attention to the light. Remain concentration or remain concentrate on the breath. Then when the concentration becomes deeper and deeper, this gray color will change to white color. White color. And it lasts longer. Maybe 20 minutes, half an hour. But for some people, it may appear purple color, blue color, red color. It doesn't matter because it comes from different perception. You perceive it as blue, then it becomes blue. You perceive it as uh, green, it becomes green. So the color is not so important. Important, the light appears. Okay. So if the light can, uh, can last for half an hour without depart from you, then at that time you can shift your attention from the breath to the light. You forget the breath. Now shift your attention to the light. Pay attention to the light. Don't pay attention to the breath anymore. Do you clear? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's interesting that you mentioned, you know, the light and the breath. Mm-hmm. Because while I was sitting here, mm-hmm. I began seeing light and yeah. it was green. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes. And I started to think, you know, my logic is, oh, well, that green is coming from, from the Buddha behind, mm-hmm. the way behind. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, release that logic. And then the color became like a beautiful pink. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I guess it's the energy, not I guess, I mean, it's the energy that's around us. That so, do you think, you think it's imagina- imagination? No. No. I, the light was there. And that light, I think, came from all of us. Okay. Have you seen the light before or only this time? I'm Have sorry, you seen? I can understand your question. Have you seen this light before? In this room? No, previous practice. Your previous retreat. Uh, as a child, I always Okay. So, anyway, when you see the light first, does the light disappear? Or does it last for long? Does it last long? For 10 minutes? Roughly. 10 minutes, 20 minutes? It depends. Okay. So anyway, don't look at the light first. Don't pay attention to the light first. Okay? You must pay attention to your breath. 
When the concentration on the breath becomes stronger, the light will last longer. It, it, it won't change color so often. Changing color is not good. It must be stable, sustainable day, firm, stable. So if you, uh, if you go and see the light, the light will keep on changing. Then gradually it will disappear because your concentration on the breath already. Because you have, you no more concentrate concentrate on your breath. That's why the light disappear. You got it. Not really. Don't look at the light. When the light appears, don't look at the light. Remain concentration. Remain concentrate on your breath. Why the light appear? Because of concentration. But now you no more concentrate on the breath, so you lose your concentration. Then the light also will disappear. As a consequence. The light will disappear. You understand? But is that because the mind starts to come into play if you start to look at the light? Yes. Yeah, okay. mm. I think, Bobby, what she's saying is you focus on the breath and then the light will start to build up. And you can be aware that it's there, but you don't want to focus on it. You want to keep on focusing on the breath. And if you do, then the light will continue to get stronger and stronger. Right. And when it's strong and it stays, then you can pay attention to the light. But before that, you don't. You're just aware of it, but you don't concentrate or look at it. You know. Right. You got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Marco, okay. were you going to ask something or say something? No. I um during the um questions, you know the. Mm-hmm. Um, private conversation that <laughs> I have, I have been having a flash of bright light right before, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. for quite a while. Mm-hmm. But I did focus on it and it did go away and initially when it was happening, I didn't know whether, because um, I'm a nurse, I was thinking, is this the beginning of a seizure activity? <laughs> 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 uh, like a seizure? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, yes. It just it goes and it right. and um, it's something I can't make come, you know, I can't wish it. Right, right. And so um, but that's so you cleared that up for me. Yes, yes. This light is a product of concentration. Not everybody can see the light. If your mind is so restless the light will never appear. You know? So the light is a product of concentration. So when the light appears, it tells it the light shows you that you have developed certain degree of concentration so you should be happy of it gain the confidence oh I'm progressing gain the inspiration I'm doing right but as I say the light won't last for many people it takes quite a long time to make the light the light last it may take another 10 days 20 days not to make the light last. So in the beginning, it appear, then disappear. Then after it appear again, then disappear. So don't look at the light. Remain concentrate your mind on the breath. Then the light will last longer. You you know the light disappear, appear, disappear. You know, but you remain concentrate on the breath. 
if your concentration leave the breath you no more concentrate concentrate on the breath you go and look at the light the light disappear very soon very quick quicker than before so you must understand the light is the product of concentration is the product of your effort to pay attention on the breath if you leave your breath not looking at some something else then your concentration which has built up become loosened again so this is an important point you must understand huh? yes Are you, are you asking, does the space around you impact whether you can become concentrated? Yeah, well, I guess it's a, like a marker of the concentration if the uh, area just sort of expands. Oh, I know. I think what she's trying to say is if, you're, if you begin to like, perceive that your body's not there and, and, and things are sort of changing sort of your shape and everything. Yeah, yes, yes. Up. Sometimes even your body expanding. Yes, yes. Uh, when the concentration concentration is good, sometimes you feel your body also expanding like a giant, you know, sometimes like flooding in the sky. Yes, it's a manifestation of the concentration. You know, if you feel like you're flooding in the sky, but if you open the eye, you remain sitting on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a manifestation of the concentration. And your body sometimes can be so light, you know, when you walk, you, you feel that you are walking in the sky, not touching the floor. This is called lightness of the body. Bond of concentration. Okay. Okay. So, when the light appear uh, for half an hour, uh, become brilliant like diamond. You know, very shining, brilliant, uh, like diamond or like morning star, like sun, and last for half an hour. At a time, you can start to concentrate on the light. Before that, you should not concentration on concentrate on the light. Huh? So when you concentrate on the light, then your mind go into the light. Huh? Then for one hour, two hours, three hours, then you achieve first jhana. Get excited. <laughs> you get excited. Okay. I think that is enough for today. <laughs> it takes time to reach that stage. <laughs> but I just want to know the whole practice is like that. So that even though you leave the retreat, when you practice at home regularly, constantly, you the light also will appear. So you wouldn't get frightened. You wouldn't get, you know, you you were you were not doubtful, you know. Is, am I imagining, or you know, is it true? Is it real? Or you don't know how to handle with it. So this is the purpose why I explain to you in the de- in details and in advance, so that when you encounter, you know how to handle. This is very important because two years ago I came here to conduct a retreat. There was a woman wrote me a letter. Now she said that. 30 years ago, she practiced this mindfulness of, of breathing uh, without proper guidance. And she saw brilliant light. No? Brilliant light, her body becomes so light, and so her mind becomes so concentrated. 
then she lose desire to eat, to sleep. Because when the mind becomes so concentrated, you don't have to sleep so much. Because the mind is so flesh, so alert, how to sleep. So you can sit the whole day without sleeping. And you don't like to eat because you enjoy the blissful of the concentration. The food becomes bliss repulsive to you mm. you know so he she was you know uh, uh, living with the brilliant light she don't want to she didn't want to eat she didn't want to sleep for a few days and she did she didn't see the self also self ego she find no ego no self you know but after some times she start to get frightened mm. because she has no proper guidance Am I right or not? Am I crazy? You know, it's because it's very unusual experience. So she start to ask somebody, and her mistake is that she asked the wrong person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so when she start to ask those who have no experience, then people say you are crazy. Oh, then she ask another one. Every any she ask ten person, ten person say you are crazy, because no self. Not everybody can experience no self nature, you know. So how can live in this world when there's no self? So when ten person told her she is crazy, then finally she thinks she is crazy, and she was sent to psychiatry hospital. So she wrote wrote the letter to me. Then after after came out from the hospital. In order to find back to find this self, so she indulged in alcohol, sex, and all the unwholesome deeds in order to find this find back this self. So she commits so many unwholesome deeds. So after thirty years, she met with Mante. Mante said, "Your experience is correct." She always gone mad. <laughs> she was so sad, you know. But thirty years have passed. Now she cannot gain her concentration anymore, because thirty years you indulge yourself in all this unwholesome deeds. Your mind become very imp- become dirty, impure. So you want to uh, purify your mind again. It takes time. So when I saw his her letter, I was I have so much compassion for her. You know, that is why it's so important to have proper teacher, proper guidance to guide you in the path. And this also why I tell you all the details, what you have, what you will experience along this path. So that even though I'm not around with you, if you encounter, experience something extraordinary, ordinary, then you know it is true. It is correct. It is like that. So you will not get frightened. You will not. You will not think you are crazy. This is my purpose. My purpose. I tell you all the details. Not every teacher want to tell you all the details. You know. Because when I tell you all the details, sometimes you will expect the light to come. Sitting there, expect the light to come. <laughs> This become a hindrance for you again. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so there's a advantage and disadvantage to tell you all the details. You know. 
But if you can, uh, aware of your expectation, then it's fine. So it's better to tell you what you will experience, you know, during the course of practice rather than hide it. Okay. Okay, this is the end of my talk. If any further question you can bring up, you know, you, uh, then we can have a day of discussion or you can ask me during the interview. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.